Welcome in to Ohio versus the World, an exclusive Ohio sports podcast where I discuss primarily the Ohio State Buckeyes, as well as some discussion on the Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, and crew. I'm joined by a special guest to come on the podcast a few times already, and I appreciate him coming on because by myself, I am awful at this. So how's it going, Cody? I'm doing well, thank you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Had a lot of fun watching yesterday. Um, before we just talk about the game, the actual on-the-field game itself, I mean, how beautiful was that yesterday, man? That scarlet on the field, those Buckeye leaves. Something about the uniforms just looked extra nice yesterday. Oh, it, it looked was... very, very crisp scarlet, it felt like. The Buckeye leaves were just beautiful on the helmets. The field was just in absolute perfect condition. It was so beautiful outside yesterday in Pasadena. The mountains in the background, not a cloud in the sky, and you got – you got red versus purple, two beautiful colors in the stands. I mean, that rose in the middle of the field. It just everything about it just felt right. Yeah, it was beautiful to see Ohio State back in the Rose Bowl. Uh, just you know the history that Ohio State's had with the Rose Bowl, Archie Griffin, you know all that. The classic gridiron football. It was, it was beautiful to see. As it was very awesome to see. I just want to touch on this: the end zone art for Ohio State. They finally got the scarlet right. Yeah. Finally, normally it's like a darker red or a crimson. They finally got it right, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the field, it was just beautiful yesterday, the flyover, national anthem, everything. It was it was awesome, you know. And obviously, you know, nowadays, if it's not the national championship or one of the playoff games, it doesn't mean as much for the Rose Bowl, but still an awesome bowl game. And we've talked about that before on the podcast. Still an awesome bowl game, and especially when you're a Ohio State fan, just because it means more to Ohio State and Michigan and some of the Pac-12 schools. Something about the Rose Bowl just means a little bit more than it does, too. The rest of the world. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And then, obviously, Ohio State took it home, so that made it just that much better. Ohio State won yesterday 28-23 to over the Washington Huskies. Um, I mean, the main takeaway is Ohio State took the early lead. At one point, they were up 28-3, to just dominating the game. They sat back a little bit, um, started playing trestle ball there towards the end. But ultimately, they got the job done. Uh, Washington had to rely on a prayer onside kick at the end to get it done, and they couldn't. They couldn't recover that, and because of that, Ohio State was able to take two knees, and the game was over, and they won 28-23. to 23. Yeah, I, I agree. The trestle ball at the end, uh, you know, it was a little irritating for me to see, but in the end, you know, ultimately the best, probably the best thing for Urban Meyer to do and for the team to do just to celebrate his last game with us and his last win, but it was just – it was a great day. Yeah, yeah, trestle ball is weird like that, you know. I mean, it's so, so frustrating when you watch it. But then when the game ends, it almost always works. I mean, that's the thing about it. It's, it's very frustrating, but it's very effective. It almost always works. I mean, it, we saw that firsthand in the trestle era. He did it all the time, but it almost always worked. And when you're up 28-3, to three, if you start running the ball and run that clock down with only 11 minutes left is when they started doing that, I believe. I mean, the chances you lose are, are very, very slim, so – it was a good idea, but it is frustrating to watch. But at the end of the day, it gets the job done. They get the win. So in a way, it's kind of funny to see him go out with the, the trestle tribute in his last game. Yeah, it's it's I wouldn't say ironic, but it's it's a different perspective. You know, Urban Meyer being a gut like a cutthroat kind of football coach, just run it until he wins, and just to have him kind of sit back and relive the moment and listen into Buckeye Nation and just coming out with the wind. It's it's awesome to see for him. And and I'm very happy for him and his family. Yeah, yeah. If there's ever a time to run trestle ball, it's the last game of the year because you're not worried about the committee or how much you win by at the end of the day when you're playing in the Rose Bowl and it's the last game of the year. And it doesn't matter how much you win by, all that matters is that you win. So if there's ever a time to do it, 
it's in the final game of the year. It's in your bowl game. It's in a national championship game, et cetera. So it was a good time for it, and it worked. It worked really well. They went 28-23. So obviously you guys watched the game, so we don't get – we never really get a ton into the actual game itself. But um, in terms of offensive MVPs for me, I had a Dwayne Haskins here. He had a hell of a day. He went um, – let me pull it up – 25 of 37, 251 yards, three touchdowns, and that zero interceptions is huge. Mike Weber, um, he should have got the ball more, but when he did get the ball, he was very effective. 15 carries, 96 yards, 6.4 yards per average against one of the better defenses in the country. That's unbelievable. Um, and then we had uh, Paris Campbell, who also played well. 11 receptions, 71 yards, uh, one touchdown. So, hell of a day for those three guys. Yeah, it was a great day for those three and, you know, for offensive MVP-wise. But for me, I had Dwayne Haskins definitely going out and doing what he does day in and day out. And I also had uh, Paris Campbell was had a huge day. Uh, he had, like, 11 receptions that day for 71 yards total. And I believe three of those receptions were back-to-back-to-back, resulting in a pretty good drive for Ohio State, which I believe led to a touchdown, but I could be wrong. But just overall, a great day for Ohio State's offense, um, you know, going out and doing what needs to be done and getting a victory for Urban Meyer and for Buckeye Nation on the road in Pasadena and the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good defense they're playing, one of the best in the country. And I remember at the beginning of the game, they were talking something about, like, uh, High State scored 70 touchdowns on the season, and uh, Washington's only given up 20, so something had to give. And uh, We didn't score a ton of points, but we did score four touchdowns, and we didn't in a quick amount of time. And the only reason we didn't score more, obviously, of the trestle ball that we've already talked about. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, really overall great day for the Ohio State offense playing defense in such a big game. Um, and then on the defensive side, a pretty good game for the defense too. Like we talking about trestle ball, like we have, you know, it was twenty-eight to three at that. Play some bend, don't break defense, and if it wasn't for that, they probably would have held them to less points than twenty-three. So overall, they played a really good game. And for me, my uh, defensive guys I got MVP wise, at least for me, was Brendan White, who actually won the MVP, I believe, and then Jeffrey Okuda. Um, Okuda is going to be a star, man. And so is Brendan White. Obviously, both of these guys have kind of surged here at the end of the year, and both of them are going to be vital towards the Buckeyes next year. So a great, great day for both those, those kids. Yeah, I can't, I can't agree with you more. I mean, they're, they're aggressive defensive players. They know how to get pressure to the quarterback and how to you know, establish plays on the field to get the stops that you know, the Buckeyes need to get, in order to get back on the field to score more points. And they, they are going to go very far in their careers in professional football in the NFL if they just keep doing what they're doing and work really hard. Yeah, and I saw someone before the game, they said something like Jeffrey Okuda, he's going to be the next great Ohio State cornerback. And, I mean, he hasn't done a ton this year necessarily, and he is expected to be really good. And then he actually came out and had a hell of a game, by far the best player on the defense, in my opinion. Obviously, White ends up winning the MVP for the game. But, yeah, I mean, whoever said that before the game, I can't remember. But they're spot on. It looks like there's a very good chance that uh, he's going to become the next great cornerback at Ohio State, obviously. CBU, some people call it, I guess DBU, uh, Defensive Back University. Some people call Ohio State that. And this year is a little bit of a down year for it. The defenses, defensive backs weren't as great this year, but here towards the end, man, we've had a little bit of a resurgence. The defense has played really well these last three games against uh, Michigan and then Northwestern and now Washington. They've had three straight good games, which puts in some question about Greg Schiano and whether he'll be back or not. Obviously, he finishes off the year strong with those three games, but – it still was a rough year for the defense overall, but 
I'm excited for next year. I think there's a lot of young stars on this team on the defense and the offense, but we'll get into that later. So uh, moving on, if, unless you have anything else on the game, I wanted to talk about Urban since this was his last game. Yeah, uh, just one more thing I wanted to touch on about the game is, and I'm sure it's surging around the world, uh, that touchdown call was not a touchdown. <laughs> uh, that was a horrible, horrible call. Not even the breeze from the football touched that pylon, and they called the touchdown. It, okay, I'm done with my rant. We can move on now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was that bad of a call. I mean, ball did at some point cross, but it was out of bounds. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The Bucks get the win. You know, a lot. Of- And we did my time ever in Urban Meyer's era where he was the underdog against Michigan. Not only did he win, he just blew him out. And then you go out there and win the Big Ten and win the Rose Bowl. Can't say enough about how good of a year this was for Ohio State. I understand they don't win the national championship, but even if they get to that playoff, they probably don't anyways. I mean, if you watched Alabama all year, I mean, they're just so good. And Clemson's very good too, but. Hopefully next year is the year they can get back in that playoff, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So moving on, we've got Urban Meyer, um, a little bit of a tri- tribute to him. He had an amazing seven years here, and he didn't have a single down year at, here at Ohio State. All seven years were very good years, although we w- are going to rank them from worst to best, um, at least do our best to do so, as good as our memory can allow us to do so. So if you want to start off, you can. If you want me to start off, I can. Uh, I can start off. I, I do not care. And I don't know how you were doing this, if you were just doing it off talent of the team or if you did, I was doing it off, like, the actual year itself and, like, what they did on the field, if they won their bowl game, how many games they won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stuff like that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, worst, okay. worst to best, I had the 2016 year at our worst, mostly mm-hmm. because of the loss in the Fiesta Bowl after such a promising season. I mean, we were 11-2 to that year. Um, just We had such a promising season. I thought we were going to go all the way with that back to the national championship game. And it's it just that loss really hurt us. And then I had the 2013 season uh, with the loss in the Orange Bowl, just being, you know, a bowl loss really put that down. And then I had the uh, 2017 season, uh, which was 12 and two with a win in the Cotton Bowl. I feel like Ohio State really had the talent that year to make it to the national championship and, you know, really make it make an impact and win that thing. So I put that a little bit lower. And then I had the um, 2015 season when we went to the Fiesta Bowl and won that one. Um, I, I, after that, I really thought we were going to be back-to-back champions in 2015 uh, after winning in 2014. Uh, but, I mean, Ohio State going pretty far and having a pretty good year that year. And then I had the 2018 season. So this last season, Urban Meyer's last season, going out with a win – you know, his last game, his last season, it's just – it was an overall fantastic season for Ohio State, even though we didn't get into the playoff and didn't get to the championship game. But that was my second place. And then first place, I have the 2014 season – or sorry, that was third place. Second place was 2012, the uh, Urban Meyer's first year when Ohio State wasn't bowl eligible. Uh, but to come in as a first-year coach and to go undefeated and beat everybody – as a first-year coach, was phenomenal. It showed that Ohio State was back. Ohio State is not to be messed with. Urban Meyer is not to be messed with because he's a god at football. The man has a football mindset. He knows what he's doing. 
So that was a fantastic season for Ohio State, even though we weren't even allowed to get into any bowl games. And then in, in first place, I have the 2014 season, which led to the first college football playoff, which led to the first semifinal with a win in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. And then <clears throat> a win, national title for Urban Meyer, his first time at Ohio State, to whoop the Ducks and to bring home that national title to show everybody that Ohio State is on top and we are, we were the reigning champions and in my mind still are the reigning champions of the nation and will always will be no matter how bad we are. But that was my ranking <laughs> of his seven seasons. So hopefully, hopefully people agree with me in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I like your list. I'm very, very similar there. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think you said last place was 2016, yes. right? Yeah, I'd have to have 2016 as well, just because well, 2016 and 2013 were both bad. Actually, I'll probably put 2013, just because the way you lose both of those games, um, you lose to a Michigan State team that you shouldn't lose to, and if you win that game, you're going to the national championship, which is really frustrating. Um, and then you lose the Orange Bowl as well, so, I mean, it's kind of frustrating. Those are both go hand-in-hand. Hand. They're both very similar. They're both two lost seasons. And uh, both of them, I don't think you win the – you don't win the Big Ten either of those seasons because in 2016 they did not, even though they got in the playoff, if my memory serves me correct. So both of those seasons are pretty bad, man. You don't win your bowl game, you don't win a national championship, and you don't win the Big Ten. So those go just hand-in-hand, hand, really kind of tied for last place. 2013 where they lose to Michigan. They, they go 12-0, and and they, at that point they had 24 straight wins under Urban Meyer. And everything was feeling so good, man. You felt like you were going to go out there and yeah. stop Michigan State. Play. I don't have a Michigan win. I can't remember if it was a blowout or if we just lost close. And then you lose to uh, Clemson, forty to thirty-five in the Orange Bowl. So a deflating way to end that season. And then they started twenty fourteen with a loss against Virginia Tech. And Urban Meyer's job was almost on the line a little bit. People were talking about it. As crazy as that sounds nowadays, but back then it was a little bit because he lost, I think, three straight at that point. So, but yeah. Um, those two kind of go hand in hand, 2013, 2016. Um, and then third to last would probably be, what would it be? Um, I guess it'd maybe be last year or maybe 2015. Both of those kind of go hand in hand too. You both, um, yeah, I mean, 2017 last year was frustrating. I mean, you lose two games in the regular season. I think that was the only time that happened in the Urban Meyer era and you lose to Oklahoma in blowout fashion pretty much, and then you get blown out against Iowa. So I guess that does have to be third to last, 2017. Um, you do end up winning the Cotton Bowl, a New Year's Six Bowl, against USC, a big name too. So that was fun at least. But uh, And you win the Big Ten, I believe. Yes, you won the Big Ten too. So those were two positives that make it still a very good season. And then in 2015, you beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, which was a lot of fun. Um, I can't remember what happened to the Big Ten that year. And you only lose one game that year. You go 12-1, and one, so – a solid year, but then going to by far the best years, I'd say third to last, uh, that 2012 season, go 12-0. and 0. That was his first year there. He really had no business going 12-0 and 0 with the talent on that team. The fact that he brought them to 12-0 and 0 was just absolutely unbelievable that year. Um, what a fun year that was. Um, that's one of my favorite years in Ohio State history just because there's was just something about it. It was just so fun. All the games were so close, and it didn't. nothing really mattered because you couldn't get to the postseason, but in a way – everyone wanted that undefeated once you got towards the end of the year and you started dreaming about an undefeated season and going 12 and 0 everyone really really wanted it and we ended up getting it so that was a really fun year 
And then, of course, uh, this year I have second to last. I think you did as well. Or maybe you had that undefeated season, second to last. But this year was awesome, man. I mean, if you would have told people after that Purdue year, this would end up being one of her years, and this would end up being a very good year in Ohio State history. I mean, people probably would have been surprised. But that's a very, very good record. Uh, second most out of games. For Ohio State. Fortunate that this year was one of those years where losing a game keeps you out of the playoff just because there are so many undefeated teams this year. Three undefeated teams coming into the final rankings, which is unprecedented. But yeah, I mean, still 13 wins, one loss. Uh, still a very good year. You win the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. It's Urban Meyer's last year. He comes out on the high, beating Michigan, just destroying them, winning the Big Ten and winning the Rose Bowl. And then no real explanation explanation needed. The only time he won the national championship here has to be the first season. Beats Alabama. I mean, in a way, that was the more special game. And then you win the national championship. Um, they also won the Big Ten that year. And, yeah, I mean, just overall an amazing year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That was a, that was a great year for Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Overall, though, all seven years, that's the crazy part about Urban. He never had a down year. Um, all seven years were pretty great years overall. So, yeah, moving on, we – Obviously, uh, today is day one, man. Today is day one of the day era. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about what we expect from the day era. The first question I really have here is, how long do you think Ryan Day's a leash is, I guess? Um, say things start off a little shaky next year. You go 9-3, and three, you go 10-2, and two, you don't win the Big Ten, you, you get into a New Year's Six Bowl, and you maybe win that or lose that, but you don't get to the playoff. You go 9-3, 10-2, I I mean, how quickly do you think that people would be calling for his job if he had back-to-back years where he goes, you know, 10-2, and 9-3-ish? Uh, I say at a minimum he has two years at Ohio State. I mm-hmm. think after, if, after two years, if the record doesn't start getting better and we don't start getting to those big games, uh, Ryan Day will slowly start to find his way out uh, with a new prospect coming in. But overall, I don't think – that's, I have hope he's going to do mm-hmm. well just because he is under that Urban Meyer kind of structure. He's going to keep that going uh, with Urban Meyer literally passing him the whistle yesterday <laughs> uh, in the after-game meeting. Uh, so I, I think Ryan Day has a very promising career at Ohio State. I'm not sure how long he'll be here if everything goes well. Uh, that all depends on you know his winning ability and what he's able to do recruit-wise. And recruiting, obviously he's doing, he's doing fairly well despite the fact that Urban Meyer is leaving and losing quite a few commitments, but, you know, gaining top prospects, uh, you know, on both offensive defensive side so far uh, in the recruiting season. Uh, so I, th- I think he'll do well, especially if he does well record wise and win wise next season. Uh, people will definitely see that Ryan day is, is the perfect coach for them to play for and the good coach for Ohio state to play for and to trust uh, with Urban Meyer, I believe being the assistant athletic director of all sports, that could be wrong, but somewhere in that line. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping people see Ryan Day through and just have trust in him and his ability to be able to coach coach the guys and you know bring out wins for Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely with you. We're going to have to worry about this question. I think Ryan Day is going to do a good job, but I think it's a question to ask: What kind of leash does he have here? If things Mediocre, I guess. Um, the least, yes, it is a new coach, and you're coming off one of the greatest coaches of all time. But at the same time, we we expect a lot of here. I mean, the leash is always going to be short. 
these fans, man, they're crazy. They want national championships, and at the worst, they want New Year's Six Bowl wins, and they want Big Ten titles, and they want you to beat your rival. So, I mean, 9-3 and three isn't going to cut it. I mean, 10-2 and two, if you're winning the Big Ten or maybe winning it helps a little bit if you Michigan for sure in some of those years. But Leach is not – he has two years. I mean, unless things go horribly wrong next year, he'll definitely have a shot at back-to-back years. So, I don't think we have to worry about it too much. But, you know, it is an important question to at least think about. But, like you said, I mean, Ryan Day, it seems like he's a great guy. I definitely think, you know – I don't think we're going to have to worry about that question too much. So the next one I got here is just how long are you expecting him to be at OSU? Um, of course, you know, in, in case there's a firing, who knows how long that could be, how long it could be until something like that could happen. Or if he does tremendously well, how long until maybe he takes a job in the NFL somewhere, or does he want to stay at Ohio state for life? Or, I mean, just how long are you expecting him to be at Ohio state, no matter how he exits? My best guess being, for how long his tenure is at Ohio State. I would assume, I'm going to assume, that if everything goes well, he gets a winning record close to Urban Myers or like Urban Myers or even better, he'll be here for seven years, seven to ten years, until the NFL starts to want him, say, if the Browns can't find a suitable coach by then. Uh, so he might go there. But I think, I think he'll have a very long tenure here. Seven to ten years would be my best guess, mm-hmm. uh, depending on – you know, the way his seasons go and what he does for Ohio State, bringing, bringing titles in and bringing bowl games in. Uh, so, yeah, seven to ten years would probably be my best guess. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'll go with a little bit shorter. I think if things go bad, then it's probably three or four years. But I think if things go good as well, I think it's probably only three or four years just because he's such a hot name right now. Um, if he comes in here and he does t- terribly bad, then obviously we have very high standards here at Ohio State. And, he would be fired within three or four years. But if things go tremendously well, which I think they will, I'd say about four years. Um, I think he has four very good years. Maybe wins a national title. Maybe he doesn't, but wins the Big Ten two or three times. Beats Michigan, you know, maybe every time, but once maybe. uh, Or every time, hopefully that one, hopefully every time. And then he just overall recruits well. He's a really good coach, really really good on-the-field coach. Then I think the NFL will come calling because he's a very hot name, so – and I think he's an NFL guy. I don't think he's – I don't think – as much as this pains me to say, I don't think Ohio State is his dream job like it was Jim Trestle's or Urban Myers. Jim Trestle, this was the last job he ever had. Um, this is probably going to be Urban Myers' last job he ever had, and that's because both of those guys, this was their dream job. Same with Earl Bruce, uh, same with Woody Hayes, et cetera. So I don't think with Ryan Day, he's a little bit different than a lot of the coaches we've had at Ohio State. This isn't his dream job. I think he's more of an NFL guy, and as much as he loves Ohio State, I think, and as much as he loves the state, he loves this community, and he loves these football players, this isn't necessarily his dream job. I think he does dream of winning Super Bowls in the NFL one day, so I'd say about four or five years, and then I think things will go well, and he'll probably make a step up to maybe the Patriots when Bill Belichick steps down or something like that. Yeah, I like your answer way better than mine. That was actually <laughs> way more thought out than mine, but yeah. <laughs> I, I I think I would have to agree with you. Just I I don't really see like or or I don't really see Ryan Day being at Ohio State because of it is his dream job. I definitely will. Will obviously we'll see him probably take an NFL job just because if he does well, he'll be a high prospect for that. Mm-hmm. So that on that point, I do agree with you. I do hope he stays for the tenure that I guess just because if he does well, you know he'll go up there with one of the greats at Ohio State, and I want him to be one of the greats at Ohio State because. 
I believe that he can do very, very well in this type of community and this type of relationship with the players, the families, Buckeye Nation, and you know everyone that surrounds The Ohio State University. All right, so then talking about just immediate future here more so, uh, talk about next year a little bit. We don't know for sure who's going to be back next year in terms of the players as well as the coaches. We'll find out a lot of this in the next few weeks, and then, of course, we'll make another podcast on that. But at least here in the short term, what are you expecting from this team next year? Um, what's the ceiling? What's the floor, et cetera? I, I expect about the same as we did this year for next year. Uh, just because of the loss of certain defensive players. I know uh, we'll be gaining some top prospects, but they will need to be you know, detailed and refined and statued into what Ohio State defense is. So I think we'll be slacking a little bit on that kind of front. Um, but hopefully Dwayne Haskins makes the right decision and stays next season, um, and that'll really help Ohio State offense. But I'm looking, I'm looking a little upward next season, uh, hopefully getting into, you know, the top 10 rankings, definitely hopefully six or seven is my highest is what I'm hoping for next year, getting into a new year, six game. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for the playoffs because uh, I don't know if Ryan day can get that done in one <clears throat> season uh, with, with a bunch of guys leaving. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for a new year, six game and I'm hoping for a positive win and to kick Michigan into the ground again next year. Yeah, so hopefully that hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, that's a big one. It's 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 a tough question. There's no doubt about that. Um, for me, I would say the ceiling has to be the playoffs. Um, as much as I want to say a national championship is the ceiling, I just don't think it's possible, man. You look at this Alabama team; they are just unreal, and they have by far one of the greatest recruiting classes in the history of college football this year. And then they're also taking this year's team and pretty much bringing all of it back. I mean, most importantly, their star quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa. So as much as I hate to say it, I just don't think there's any way this Ohio State team can win a national championship next year. We've seen crazier things, of course, but at least for the moment, my ceiling would be them playoffs, whether it's or the final. And then the floor for them, I don't think the floor is. I think the floor is pretty high. I don't think they. I don't think the bottom's going to fall out next year with Ryan Day or anything. At worst, I'd say like a ten and two season. You barely miss out on going to the Big Ten, and then you maybe win or lose your New Year's Six bowl game and you finish the season ranked around 10th. I mean, I think that's the floor. I think it's a pretty high floor, and I think it's maybe a lower ceiling than we want. So I think no matter what, next year, this is a team that's – I just don't think they can win a national championship. I definitely don't think the bottom's going to fall out, though. This program is bigger than Urban Meyer, so I think that they can go on without him, no doubt. And it's still a very talented team, and there's a very good chance you have either Dwayne Haskins or Justin Fields on this team next year. All right, you there, Cody? Yep. All right. We're having some technical difficulties, but no big deal. Um, we got most of the things done here, but the last thing I want to do is something that I mentioned in my last podcast, actually, which is pretty cool. Talked about doing some listener questions. I do social media manage for a pretty big Ohio State um, Twitter account. It has about 25,000 followers. So I just wanted to uh, ask. I put out the question here, you know, send in your questions for the podcast. So this is the first time we've done this. We've got a few questions here. I did end up sending in this tweet kind of late, so we don't have a ton of questions. But next time I'll send it in a little bit earlier before the podcast start. But we've got, I think, four questions here. We have five comments. One of them is just a comment. I don't, it's not even a question, so I'm not going to do it. But we have four pretty good questions here. So I'll start with the first one. We've got Will Ryan Day overhaul slash rid some of the defensive coaches. I don't know how familiar you are with coaches, but I'll answer this question first. I think it's a very good question. Um, 
comes from, I don't know, Thug Dynasty? Thug Nasty. Get some interesting names here when you do these uh, <laughs> listener questions. Um, it's a very good question, though, honestly. I, I'm very interested to see what he does. We know with Urban Meyer and his era here at Ohio State, he was very – he never fired a coach. The only coach he ever fired in his whole entire tenure I – th- I don't even think just at Ohio State. I think in his whole coaching career ever, the only person he ever fired was uh, Ryan Day, and that's obvi- – or not Ryan Day, was uh, Zach Smith, and that's obviously because of everything that happened this summer, and pretty much his hand was forced there to fire him. So it's a good question. Will Day be very different Urban Meyer? Will he be more ruthless in firing people that need to be fired? I hope he is, and I think the few people that really need to be are Bill Davis, uh, the linebacker coach. He has been awful ever since he got here. The linebackers have regressed ever since he got here, and uh, the only reason he's here is because he's Urban Meyer's best friend, and that's not you can't do those kind of things as a coach. And that's you know as much as we loved Urban Meyer, that was his number one flaw was that he was a little too loyal at times. So hopefully Bill Davis, and then just the defense coordinator in general, Greg Schiano, his job is in question. Um, I don't think he's going to get fired, but I do think he might be asked to find a job elsewhere. As with, But with Bill Davis, I think he might just be straight up fired. I don't know if you have anything to say on this one, uh, Cody. Uh, yeah, I actually do have to agree with you on that. The linebacker coach, yeah, Bill Davis, he needs to go. I mean, with, with the amount of penalties that the linemen have caused this season is a surprising amount, and it's so annoying that it is that high. So I do think he, that he needs to let him go. I'm not sure Ryan Day will. In his first season, in his second season, he might, depending on how the first season goes. I'm hoping that he really tell Greg Shiano that we need to part ways or get better. So hopefully, uh, Shiano he really like takes that into account and you know gets gets this defense more disciplined um, and getting these penalties wrapped up and out of the way, so Ohio State can make a clear headway to the playoff and hopefully bringing more titles down in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, so I know we're rushed for time here with you. We've got. What are your thoughts on Urban as a game day coach and game manager during his tenure at Ohio State? I always felt he was very average, and last night reaffirmed that. That was from Ebron, S-T-E. Um, interesting name. Eric Bronstein is his name. Um, I think it's a good question, honestly. I mean, there are some questions. The thing about Urban Meyer was he was always an amazing recruiter, elite, probably the best ever, and that's why these Ohio State teams were so good because of uh, – the recruiting classes and the talent. I mean, the talent was just so high that it was, it's hard to not be as good as he was with his recruiting classes. And he has to get credit for that because he is the guy doing the recruiting. But I do kind of agree with what you said. I think he's better than average on the field, but he never was a great on the field coach. I feel like you look at that 2015 season and the mess there was between JT Barrett and Dwayne hat or not Dwayne Haskins, JT Barrett and Cardell Jones and them flip-flopping between starters and all the talent on that team. And they couldn't even get to the playoffs. So I do kind of agree. I'd say a little bit better than average, but I do agree that he wasn't always the best uh, game manager or just the game or just on the field coach. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think a lot of that has to do with you know his illness developing over the past few years. I did like when he first started Ohio State in the first two years and up to the championship season, uh, his aggressive on the his aggressiveness on the field was very abrupt, and you could see that from the from the sideline standpoint and from a fan standpoint. But after winning that title, he seemed to, you know, trust his coaching staff in order to make plays and to put people where they're supposed to belong in that sort of situation. But overall, his recruiting, his whole tenure here at Ohio State was what really brought him to, you know, historian status uh, as, a, as an Ohio State football coach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, then we got, do you believe that Haskins should or should not go to the NFL draft? Why or why not? 
I'm assuming this question is more of a personal question, like to me and to you, like what would we do if we we're Haskins or like, should he not, not do we want him to, obviously we want him to come back, but it's more just like, if you were his biz, if you were his guy, if you were his life manager, what would you tell him to do? And personally, as much as I want to see him come back, if I was him, I mean, I would probably go to the NFL just because you got to make that money and you're not going to get any higher in the draft by staying another year because you're already the number one quarterback on the board and you're already guaranteed to be at least a top 10 pick. And you're probably going to fall around three or four just because that's the way the NFL draft, the closer, the closer you get to the draft, the more people start to panic and look for quarterbacks. And if you're the number one quarterback on the board, you're probably going to get taken at in the top five picks. So if I was him, I would tell him to go. Yeah, this is, this is a hard decision for me to be able to make if I were in Dwayne Haskins shoes. Because on the one hand, by this time next year, I'd be counting my millions. Or if I were to think about it and stay one more year at Ohio State and not get injured, I could potentially win a Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. another national championship trophy, and then go into the draft at perhaps a number one pick. But I think it would benefit him, in my opinion at least, to stay one more year, get fine-tuned for the, like, the little things that he, he misses on or little missteps to get those fine-tuned and out of the way and then go to the draft uh, still at a top 10 pick and with the possible Heisman Trophy uh, to carry with him. So, but whatever his decision is, Buckeye Nation supports him. And so hopefully he, can, he, he does what his heart and what his family desires. Yeah, and that was from Jordan Bashnegel. So thank you for the question. Then we have Joey Keaton here, the final one. Um, the second half looked bad. What is Day going to do about the underperformance play from the, do- the DBs and linebackers next season? Um, that's a good question. I'm not super great at like game management and what to do to make things better, but I do know overall that the coaching in those two positions aren't great. So I mean, one thing that he could, could definitely do is um, hire new people for those positions, like we talked about with linebackers at least. Bill Davis, I would like to see him fired. And I don't want to call for people's jobs, but I'd like to see him fired personally. He's been awful. And someone else brought in who? I don't know. Um, and then defensive backs, Alex Grinch is the defensive uh, back coach. Although it's his first year and you like to give people two years, I mean, you could possibly look at firing him and bringing someone else in. They've un- underperformed this year until the last few games where they've started to play a lot better. But, um, I mean, you could definitely hire new people as their position coaches. That's one thing you could do. And I also think you could just wait one more year because a lot of those guys are young and they're going to get better next year. Um, like we talked about, Jeffrey Okuda, um, Brendan White, both very young. And then there's a few linebackers. Malik Harrison's coming back next year as of last night. That's a huge, huge win for Ohio State. And a few other – a lot of linebackers are pretty young and are, should be back next year. So, Yeah, I think, I think that last question really ties into the first one. It, just, it all goes in with the defensive coaching. Mm-hmm. Like that we just need to make some changes there. Uh, if you wanted to look at the DBs from last night, you could tell that because uh, Washington's quarterback was scrambling for, God, 9 to 10, 11 yards to get first downs, and we just seemed to be slacking a little bit. But that all ties into the defensive coaching. It just, it just needs to be changed. Yeah. All right. You got anything else, Cody? I'm good. Everything. I, I've said everything, man. All right. Well, we apologize for a little bit of the technical difficulties. I know sometimes it takes a while for these to upload when I have more than one segment. So hopefully it gets out there to the people here pretty soon in the next few hours. Uh, But yeah, thanks for uh, sending in questions. Next time I'll send that out earlier so we get some more questions. I'm excited to start doing questions. It makes it easier to have stuff to talk about. So appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the people for listening. The The listener base keeps getting bigger and bigger. So thanks for listening to Ohio versus the world.